Glory, glory, Sacramento. Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Winnick. I only hope to one day have half the wit that the man sitting next to me has. His countless and humorous intros don't always get the praise and recognition they deserve. And today, I would like to highlight them and their superior quality. Nolan, you are an extraordinary man and a subpar soccer player. Glad to have you in the studio. How are you doing this evening? Nolan? Nolan? Scott, where's Nolan? He's gone. <laughs> Nolan, it, you know, okay, pardon my, my subpar acting skills right there. Nolan is actually camping. Uh, Nolan will be Alone taking... with another human. Yeah, just just him, the woods, and another human. We don't know this other human, and we I don't. don't know his name. <laughs> we're we're a little scared, slightly scared. Yeah. You know? If no one's not back on the show by next week, you should be somebody worried. call somebody. Yeah, you should definitely be worried. No, Nolan is uh, clear in his mind. He's got the uh, big this big lawyer test coming up, the LSAT. So he decided oh, I'm gonna go camping and go clear my mind. Um, but he will be back next week, barring special circumstances. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, the other host sitting across from me has a red beard, and that's all you really need to know. Just kidding. He also pops his shoulder out, and it's his shoulder out of his socket regularly. I mean, he's currently wearing a knee brace. Oh, wait. That's me. Scott, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. You're not wearing a knee brace right now, though. Uh, yep, it's, in, it's on the chair next to me. I hate that thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all it's all sweaty and gross and if I'm sitting down, bro, I'm t- I'm probably taking it off. Yeah, you know who else doesn't wear a knee brace? Who is that? Tyler Blackwood. Nah, he don't need one. And he doesn't need one cuz he keeps scoring goals that for St. Louis. Boot don't need no leg brace. The guy just needed a change of scene. I think that's what it was. I, I hope next week and this isn't a knock on Tyler Blackwood. I just hope next week we don't have to talk about him scoring goals because we look I, I feel like the more goals he scores, the the dumber Sacramento looks. Yeah. Like, wow, why'd you let this guy go again? True. Because That's here, true. here's the thing. Yeah. He was here twenty seventeen, right? Uh-huh. Didn't score that many goals. Nope. We said, Oh wow, this guy's got a lot of talent. Cool. I'm glad to see him come back next week or next year maybe and actually capitalize on the talent. Nope. Goes to Swope Park, scores like nine goals, has a few assists. 2019, halfway through the season. Wow, this guy's not scoring any goals. What what happened to all this talent that we saw in Swill Park last year? Goes to St. Louis, and I'm pretty sure he already has like four or five goals for them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he had a brace, right? He had a brace. I, that's his second one. I thought he had another one. He He's at least been scoring goals consistently. Well, he had the one. You know what? Let me fact check that. I want to say there was – I want to say this is the second one he's had in St. Louis. Um. But even if he hasn't, the man, the man is scoring lots of goals. I personally, when he left, I was the first thing I I said was, well, I hope he goes off. I hope he has a great, you know, uh, experience in Saint in Saint Louis because like the the pieces have always been there. He's always done the right things. He's just never been able to finish consistently. So right, so he has four goals and one assist, and he hasn't six games, uh, like a half a dozen games or so, something like that. Yeah, which is great. Something like that, which is also something we've seen from our striker that we just picked up, my man and Volson. So they're both doing good, which you know makes me happy. But yeah, it's it's a little tough at the same time to see him producing so well. Yeah, sorry, I'm still looking, looking up, looking up those goals. I'm still looking up the goals. I think his first. I think that. I think you were right. I think it was six games, and I'm just looking at the lineups and stuff. You know what? No, it might be. F- okay, six six games, but the first game, he came on. He, I think he came on. Yeah, so five starts, five goals, or five starts, four goals. Yep, that's what it's looking like. Five starts, four four goals. And okay, here, but but check this out. So, came on as or was on the bench for the Indy Eleven game. That was August eighteenth. Started the next game against Ottawa Fury. That was a both of those games were losses. Since then, St. Louis four straight wins. 
Wow. Three to two over Hartford. One nil over Ottawa, which is odd that they played them so closely. And then one nil over Nashville and a two nil over Birmingham. And this this two nil was his brace. Okay. So this past game on Friday. So it was all him. (laughs) Where are they at on the table now? They're in ninth. So they're battling for a spot in the East, but I think St. Louis can pull it out. I really like what they're doing in St. Louis. So that's crazy. That is crazy. Blackwood could very well be that like final piece they needed to get themselves into playoffs. I I I think that's what they thought when they brought him in is like you're you're the last thing we needed another we needed a a dynamic forward because the forward they have Kyle Gregg he's good but he's not as mobile and I think as technical as Blackwood. Okay. He's a bit more bonomo like. Yeah. Uh huh. I was gonna say. But but more mobile than that. He's he's the he's in between the two. So anyway, Mm -hmm. um. That Tyler Blackwood, the if you're listening, good. first of all, thanks for listening. Second of all, <laughs> keep it up. I like what you're doing, Tyler. We know we know you're listening, so <laughs> we know you're gonna come back you know, to Sacramento next year in all your spare time. Yeah. Oh, all right, good on him. Yeah. You know who doesn't have spare time though is Trevarian Sosa. We said that he had been called into the USU 20s. We're gonna be talking about one of his USU 20 teammates here in a second. But mm-hmm. I saw a report on Twitter that said that he has been pulled up to the first team in Hamburg. Way to go, bud. To train with them for the next few weeks, and the coach confirmed it. Now, again, this is just training, and Hamburg is in the second division of the Bundesliga, so they're Bundesliga 2, or 2 Bundesliga in Germany. They were just relegated. But I think that's, at the very least, it's going to be a good experience for him to see where he's at against higher-level second division German starters at the oh, most yeah. he's going to see oh hey I can hang with these guys and there's a reason I'm getting called into the U20s and it's because I, I'm i actually good and the boys over at, this is international soccer this is a big deal this yeah. is awesome and the, and the question um, that he could be getting asked the question of where did you play your club soccer is oh Played at Sacramento Republic's Academy. Uh, where's that? That's in uh, Northern California. Yeah, I think that's awesome for us. And and I, and I think with what we're gonna, the person we're gonna mention right now, Quemba Boateng, also was called into the USU twenties uh, earlier this month, but we just forgot to announce him. And partially, we we just forgot that he was with the academy. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, if you look at it, at his bio right now or whatever, it says that. He plays for UC Irvine, which he does. He's a freshman. Owasa's alma mater. Uh, yeah. And we just forgot that he was with our academy, and we, we didn't know that we had two U.S. U-20 defenders that we produced this past uh, this past year. So congratulations to him. Hope he does well. I, I try to look up how many games he's played for Irvine, and it says he's only appeared in two, which makes sense because he's been with the U-20s. So... Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep it up. He it looks like he's again another guy that's on a positive trajectory. I will say, I'm wondering if if we should be concerned that he chose to play college instead of signing with Sacramento. Like, did did the Sacramento, you know, general manager, academy director, Simon Elliott, do they not did they not rate him at the time and said, hey, you're high level, but you're not high enough level for us. Did they have a bad experience maybe with oh a Roberto Hadigan and said, no, we're not going to sign somebody until we know they're ready? Possible. You know, I'm just wondering, is this a missed opportunity? Because it's not like Trevarian Sosa and Quincy Butler who went to Germany and, you know, are with U19s and training with first teams. He's playing in college. Yeah. He could a lot be playing of, here. A lot of guys that get drafted by Major League Soccer teams, do you know where they play their first year or two? They play in the USL. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, thought kind of crossed my head. Hey, we should put it out there. We might have missed one with this, but it's still a positive. We're still going to take the positive. Yeah. Yeah, I, and it it is kind of frustrating because I would, like, love to see an academy player come up and become a consistent starter. It would just be such a cool, like, the narrative around that is really cool. Yeah. And it's something that we had hoped we were getting with Hedigan. Didn't work out. So, 
Yeah, but I, it's possible that the man also just wanted to go to college. Get a degree. Get a degree. And then maybe after that he comes here. That's a possibility. Yeah. I I think if he wants to continue playing with the U20s, though, he's he's going to spend one year in college and then go pro. Hmm. If he has the year that he's supposed to have yeah. in, for UC Irvine and he keeps getting called up with the U20s and keeps performing, he'll go pro. He'll get drafted by a major league soccer team. And who knows? Maybe we could say, hey, we developed this kid. Loan him back to us. And he plays center back? I uh, I think he's played a few different places because I saw he's, him play forward before. Okay. So well, I think he's a center back. Younger guys, they can play multiple yeah. different positions. And that was some happy news, some yeah, puzzling some, news. Some, that was happy news. Now some puzzling news. <laughs> so let so some let's just say this. Intriguing okay. news. Sacramento fans have been very excited about White Claw coming <laughs> to the to uh to the to the stadium. Yes. Though I have never had it, I have heard it's delicious. It 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 is delicious. And do you like do you like uh like uh do you like a Perrier? Is that something that you fancy? No. No, maybe okay, so it's it's kinda like that, but it's flavored and it's like spiked. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, Zach, if you got mad, would you throw a white claw at me? I would not, sir. No. You know why? That would not cross my mind. Because you're a decent human being. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's would, the answer. I, I feel confident in agreeing to that. And we just want to warn you, folks. Alcohol does crazy things to your brain. Why do you think <laughs> Nolan's not here? He probably got lost. Just kidding. Just kidding, Nolan. We know you don't drink that much. No. Um, Okay, there, there's a quick story. Just want to tell you this. Apparently, at the last Phoenix Rising game, wasn't even a dollar beer night. No, Their match it wasn't. against LA Galaxy 2. Which was, I thought it was when I heard this story. I, you would have assumed. Yeah, I, that's, I assumed. I was like, oh, okay, things got rowdy on a dollar beer night. Nope, not even a dollar beer night. Yeah, we haven't even told you what's happening. You probably thought that there was some, some riot. Nope. A specifically non-Phoenix Rising supporting fan yes. threw an object, a nondescript object, onto the field. The referee suspended the match yeah. for player safety. So the, he says, hey, safety reasons, the match is over. Yep. Go back to the locker room. Then in retaliation, mm-hmm. a Phoenix Rising supporter threw a beer can at the back of an LA Galaxy 2 player as they were walking off the field to the to the locker room. And the club came out and had a whole statement and said, technically we won the match because the the league rule says that Four to after one. the 70th minute, if a team is winning by three goals or more, then that team wins. And Phoenix was winning four to one in the 77th minute. And I, or the, the yeah, they scored in the 76th minute. And I think the match was suspended in the 80th. Um, so public service announcement, yeah. don't be a dick. Yeah, basically that's what we have to say here. Yeah. Um, and don't throw your drinks at I, what's don't throw your drinks at children for real yeah the, like they just don't do it they're 17 18 you know 22 year olds that yeah. LA galaxy what did they do to deserve this it's very possible that the guy that got hit with a drink can't drink can't tr- legally drink he yet. couldn't even make fun of him by picking it up and drinking it no because then he would have gotten arrested yeah he should have just done it what are they gonna do what what's surprising to me is that like the refs postponed this game after one thing that was thrown so i bet things were getting real rowdy up until that point and then that thing was thrown on the field and the rest like all right no yeah this is done and by the way this is kind of the only negative for phoenix they won their 20th consecutive match clinched first and seed in the west already six games left to go they've clinched first that that's crazy that's insane so congratulations, Phoenix, and tell your friends and whoever you let into your stadium to knock it off. All right, should we move on, Zach? Let's move on. Let's get uh, let's get going here on this uh, uh, this uh, update on our Instagram. Yeah, can, can we just do a quick plug first of all? Um, yeah, we have Instagram, Twitter. We're on Reddit. Um, Where the tea is spilled. Yeah. Please reach out to us. We love to talk to you guys. Yep. We love having these random comments in our, our DMs or these um, seemingly crazy questions that we have no answers to, and we'll do our best to answer yep. them. Stuff. So please yeah, hit us up. Yeah, we're going to respond. Yeah, 916-Republic. Like, um, e- even other 
other teams have have talked to us and say you know hey like let's just talk about you know soccer and let's talk about usl western mm-hmm. conference and stuff so you know please hit us up we love to talk to you guys we love to reach out to you guys and in that light last uh last week we asked you guys you responded we asked the question should formella start over sam werner against rio Grande valley he ended up not but we'll get to that in a second 46 of you said yeah 46 percent excuse me said yes 54 percent said no which was much closer than what we were thinking. Yep. But that's how it turned out. So I turn the question to you, Zach. What is the argument for or against Formella starting over Werner? Pick your side. Make your argument. Well, I voted no. But I'm going ahead and uh, I'm going to give you the no. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play devil's advocate here, okay? Okay. okay. So... When I saw the result of this, which was a little surprising to me, I thought, okay, well then what is the argument for Formella starting over Warner? This is what I could this is what I could gather. This is what I could come up with. Now, though Warner is a more polished overall player, has been here longer, has more chemistry with the players around him, experience in this scheme, one of the biggest things that has plagued Sacramento for since its genesis, has been finishing. And Formella has shown he can finish. And in the, in the, the statement that we were given um, by the Indomitable City Soccer interview that they had with Todd Donovan, Todd Donovan, Todd Donovan specified specifically we're bringing this guy in because he specified he, he specified, specified specifically specifically specified that this species of i have another soccer <laughs> of soccer mm, sophisticated soccer connoisseurs soldier <laughs> soldier uh could finish formella can finish that's what he said we're bringing this guy in because the man can finish and that's what he's proven he's got two games the last two games he's been able to score. So whatever you have to say, what has plagued us for so long is finishing. The man is finishing. Yeah. And also, he's a fu- he's a flashy player. He's, he's the he's the international guy that comes in. It, he, it's kind of a fun narrative around that. He's as the well. foreign exchange student that all the girls like in high school. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the counter argument to that, I think, would be Sam Wernersher. Sam Wernersher. Sam Werner yeah. has shown. There we go. Uh, that he can finish. Mm-hmm. He he showed it this past game as well, but also to your point as to why Formella should have started over him. Um, Sam Warner hasn't finished in a long time before this game. It had been a while. Can you remember the last time he there finished? Was a bit of a it's, drought. There's been a bit of a drought. I want to say sometime in July. Some something like that. I don't think. And, it, and even August. before that, it was a while before he had been scoring. He had that big run where he was like every game, every big moment. It was Sam Werner and no one else. Yeah, there was a there's a moment there. Yeah, but I've been saying it that I don't think the man is a he's that's not what he is. That's not who he is. He's a he's he's a setup guy. He's a distributor. He's a playmaker, not necessarily a goal scorer. Okay, so so that's the the argument. F- yeah. I hear uh, that. For Kinda. him. The the argument against is I think Sam Warner has shown it, Formella has not. Yeah. And if you're going into a big moment, this was a big game. Oh yeah. This was a big game. Do you want to start the guy that you know can produce goals and create chances? Or do you want to start the unknown? Mm-hmm. Simon Elliott, as we're gonna talk about in a second, went with Sam Warner. He agreed with us. We'll we will take full credit for that. Um, and who also agreed with us was the uh, Spanish-speaking Sacramento Republic podcast, La Banda del Puerte. If you speak Spanish or have somebody that speaks Spanish in your family uh, and you just can't find enough Spanish-speaking content, go give them a listen. Every Tuesday night, Facebook Live, mm-hmm. they're there. They just recently interviewed Kevin Aliman, and uh, they, they messaged us because yeah. they saw our story and said, hey, we got some opinions about this because oh, yeah. apparently they said that they talk about lineup changes a lot and how they don't like that. Simon Elliott changes the lineup so often. Yeah. They would like to see more consistency. I don't disagree that they should have actually, he should have changed the lineup this time because it was our third game in nine, 
No. They're, this is a special game in nine days. Yes. So, it, it, you know, you, you got to rotate people. You don't want injuries. True. See Cameron Owasa. Anyway, they said that they would rather have Formella start than Bijev, but Sam Warner start than Formella. Agreed. They love Sam Warner, just like us, and they don't like they don't like Bijev. Um, in answering the question, they, their answer was not Bijev. Yeah. They just said, not Bijev. No, Formella or Warner. No, not Bijev. So, yeah. um, agreed. See them, you know, y- even if you don't speak Spanish, just give them a follow. Just they support agree them. with us. So yeah. support them. Support them. <laughs> That's the bit. The most important thing is they agree in, with us. In conclusion. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So before we talk about the Rio Grande Valley game, cause we've already hinted at it. There was a game that was played on Wednesday. There was. Yeah, it was a, a very important, super important game that was played Wednesday. Heading into this game Wednesday night against the Austin Bold Sacramento was, I believe, in seventh place, 37 mm-hmm. points. Tied, Austin four-way tie for seventh place. Yeah, Austin Bold was in fourth place on 40 points. Do the math. Sacramento wins. Fourth place is there for us because we have more wins than Austin Bold. We would have more wins if, than Austin Bold. And the boys came out to play. The boys did. The first 30 minutes of this match was great. Several chances created. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Wasson and a Volton were... Beautiful goal. Seeing the ball, just, yeah. Just set up well. Can I just... Thomas had a Volton. You Good. can tell he his, his spatial awareness is on the next level. It is. And it was all around, really. From the back line all the way through, it was just it was a team goal that was really awesome to see. And it's it's sad because if you look at the narratives for these teams, Sacramento, a team that is trying to enter Major League Soccer versus Austin, a team that is trying to remain relevant in a future Major League Soccer expansion city, I, I think you could see just the the fire fizzling out for for Austin here, and they also lost on Saturday. As well, which helps us. But yeah, it does. I, I think I think Austin might be one of those teams that takes a late season tumble, and they might make the playoffs. But I I think you can look to the Sacramento game and the this, their Reno game this weekend and say, yeah, that's kind of where it started to really come off the rails for Austin. There, we said in the preview, they're an older team, and I think that is think starting to yeah. show. Mm-hmm. They, they have talent. They have talent, and they have. They have speed too. There's a couple players on the team, um, with with some solid speed. But yeah, that I think, especially taking a, an early lead like we did, two goal um, lead. Yeah, What's two it, goal. Can lead. you remember the last time we had a two goal early lead um, against a good team? I'll, I, I'll preface yeah. that. The only ones that are uh, you know coming to mind are the Tacomas and yeah, the, Tacoma, uh, Colorado, Colorado, Tulsa, yeah, Tulsa, yeah. Yeah, those games don't count. Not really. Yeah. The the uh, Tacoma Middle School shout out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it was the the second goal was. I um, think the second goal I think proves kind of our point about them just being maybe not up for this game the most because it, it it's a ball that gets played out to McCrary on the wing on the right and he plays a low driven ball in. And both, I think, two defenders and the goalie miss, and it just falls right for Formella, who finishes, just taps it in. Yep, exactly. he could have. It, it was wide open. He could have just gone and yeah. like pushed the ball, the ball in the goal. And you know, uh, you bring up McCrary. I I was very impressed with McCrary during that I, game as well. He has been so impressive to me the past few games. He's been a highlight for sure. Um, another one who's been a highlight is our boy uh, Drew Skundrich. Yeah, so Drew Skundrick had the, the the hockey assist for both of these goals. He did, yes. If you don't know what the, the a hockey assist is, it's, like it's the, the pass. Assist. It's the pass before the pass before yeah. the goal. Yeah. Um so set up pass for the pass that scores. If you watch the highlights, the the first goal is a, a long kind of a, a lofted ball played into the feet of Cameron Awasa, who then lays it off for Enna Olsen to finish bottom right corner. Yep. That lofted ball is played from Skundrick. Skundrick gets the ball from uh, Jaime Villarreal, who gets the ball from a fullback. We'll touch on that in a second. It is also Skundrick who plays the ball out to McCrary, who then, as we talked about, is able to get the assist for Formella's goal. So 
Drew Skendrick had a good game, and Avoltsin, I think, had a good game. Missed an opportunity late on to seal it with yep. a counterattack, but hey, you but can't. The chances are so there, and yeah. they're, they're much more often than not deadly chances, deadly balls that he puts on frame. So Yeah, and if you were paying attention, we said the first 30 minutes of this game was very good. They were, yeah. The thir- thir- first 30. Thir- very first, good. first 30. Amazing. Last thir- last 60. Mm, not so much. Not so good. <laughs> um, have you ever seen just... I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of a, a, a good analogy for a tale of two halves. Uh, because this, this would be it. It was, yeah. Sacra- it was. But so time and time again. We have sat at this table and talked about ugly games that we lose. That yep, okay. This time we go up to one, we have a good solid thirty minutes. The last sixty minutes were not our minutes, and we were just able to grind it out. We were able to grind out three points, even though it was ugly, even though things were not ideal for us in the way that we played we were able to grind out three points away in a very crucial game against a solid opponent i'm happy about that yeah i'm definitely happy about it that we won especially midweek on the road against a good team in a hot you know climate Hmm. i i still have a problem with the fact that it's not like we were up 2-0 and it was the 80th minute and we're like, okay, 12 no, minutes, early, 13 yeah. minutes, let's just see this game out. No, it was the 30-something minute. And we were, it, the score was 2-1 to one before the end of halftime. Yeah. So, you, you, in my opinion, you have to tell your guys, hey, come out and play for another 15 minutes. You have come to, out yeah. and play, like push for another goal. Keep Act like this game is 0-0 and play our game. For at least another fifteen minutes, and then if you're like, okay, th- this is uh, th- there have been some scary moments. Let's pull things back a yeah, bit. Yeah. Hey, fullbacks, stay back a little bit. But we basically did that toward the end of the first half. We conceded. It felt like almost all of the second half to them. So, anyway, those are our takeaways from the Austin Bold game. Now let's get to the Rio Grande Valley game. Quick note, Cameron Owasa was out injured, was not even in the 18. The commentator said he's day-to-day. They said uh, they were expecting him back next game. This would be huge if he's not back, though. It would be bad. I. It would be bad because we're getting close here. we got five five games, six games? Six games left. And, and it, I don't know what the injury is. They didn't. I, I didn't hear them say it. I really hope it's not. like an, I hope it's something upper body or like some you know something minor upper body like I would hate to see this be like an ankle thing you know what I mean so hey if That's you if you do it. know what the injury is hit yeah, us up on social yeah. media please let us know so that we can say this Absolutely. next episode the best probably the best place to hit us up Instagram yes Instagram tell us on Instagram if you are aware of uh this injury so yeah the commentator the commentator said should see him back next game but yeah, I, I'm fearful of a nagging injury going so to the playoffs. if he does have a nagging injury, would you want him to rest another game so that he can get healthy, or do you want to see him come back and play? It's against Oklahoma City. That is a great, great question. Oklahoma City on the road Sunday. I think this is our last long like cross-half-country trip. I think... There's been a lot of travel this I week. I think, it, in my opinion... No, I think if it's a if it's a borderline with him, um, like if you can get sixty minutes out of him, get sixty. I say be I say be cautious with him for the OKC game because we have another mid midweek game coming up. That's a good point. So if I yeah, it's tough because you want to see him play, but. I would rather see him rested. If it's if it's a fifty fifty, it's tough. Like so he do, can, do you leave him at home? Do you not bring him? I I would leave him at home if it's if it's that bad to where 
doctors are like, this happened maybe a week ago, and the doctors are like, uh, yeah, we want we want two to three weeks recovery, and you're he's he's recovering. It's kind of a gray area on whether okay. to take him or not. Okay. I, I would say leave him. I, I would be I would be okay with that. Like we said uh, last episode, we can afford one mess up. If this is our mess up, it's not good. But hey, if if that's what happens, it's what happens. So even if it's a draw, that I mean, hey, we take a draw, especially with the week we just had. And I don't want to see mess ups during that midweek game. So we're gonna have three games in nine days. I, want to say I think no. again, yeah. Eight days. Eight days. Eight Saturday, days. Wednesday, three, Saturday. Yeah. Three games in eight days. Well, and I definitely don't want to see Awasa re-aggravate his injury those last two games of the season definitely because that not. the last two games of the season are home against Orange County and away to the Real Monarchs. Those are the teams that are right behind us. So, if everybody keeps you know doing what they're doing, those two games are going to decide final seating. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, True. Right now. there Again, could be another fall off or whatever, but right now that's the way it's looking. Let's get into this game, okay? All right, um, Rio Grande. Rio Grande Valley. They come out and score early. Two minutes in. And our faces went from, all right, this could be a super good week to crap. Oh, especially because if, if you've listened for a while, you've heard me say we're a type of team that – when we get scored on first, we freak out. And our record when we get scored on first is terrible. So me seeing this goal is the first thing I thought of. It was tough. It was tough to see. Yeah. Luckily, the guy that we said should start started, Sam Werner, and he gets the equalizing goal in the 18th minute. Beautiful little flick from Enna Volson. So it, this starts him. from Chance and Poulos, who had to be subbed on for – Deco Keenan because he's a grandpa knock, yeah. <laughs> and got hurt yeah. and shouldn't have been in the lineup anyway. Um, Chanson Poulos plays a long ball on the ground to, I think it's the feet of, there's two players right there. Um, but Enna Volson is the one that ends up getting the flick, which is one of those flicks where it kind of like goes between your, your legs and you just kind of push so it slight, with yes. the inside of your foot the direction that you want it to go. He just redirected it a little bit. Because the pass was hard enough that he really didn't need to put power on it. He just needed to push it into the path of an on-running Warner. shows tremendous talent. His second assist already for Sacramento, I'm pretty sure. That is not an easy flick. And it was, it was, it was, uh, it was put on perfectly for Warner to put in a very clinical goal. Yeah, and, We've seen we've seen Werner do this. He either on the left side gets the ball on his right foot and puts it far post, or on the right side goes near post he, with his right foot. Yeah, or goes under the goalie through yeah. the five hole. So, True. yeah, we've seen it. Yep. As soon as I saw like, oh, Werner's running onto this, like I was like, this is gonna go far post, and he's probably gonna score. Yep. I was it's very so- confident. He, he knows what he's doing before he does it. It's so clinical. I love it. But this is why we were saying, even though Werner's going through a dry spell, you got to play him. Why is he not playing? When at any moment he could pop up and just mm, curl it into the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you, you need that on the team. You, and you need to show him, hey, I trust you. I have faith in you. Go out there and play. Just play. Yeah. Do what I tell you to do, but play. And when he's not scoring, he's setting up other people to score. And he's still working hard. Anyway, he starts. The game at that point is uh, is 1-1. The thing I noticed that I noticed in the Austin game, and then I, I pointed it out to, to my two colleagues and Nolan's sister, fun yes. fact, um, is that there seems to be a, a new or a, a refined way that we build. That yeah. we, we we generate chances. Which we saw glimpses of in the Austin, Austin Bowl game, yeah. but more consistency and sustained uh, motions of this um, in the in the Rio Grande game, which I'll let Scott um, elaborate on. So and and I need to specify something. So last uh, it was two episodes ago, maybe when I, when we were talking about how we progress play up the field, yeah. that's different than what we're talking about now. 
Because what happened in the last time is we said we get the ball from our defensive third to the attacking third. That's it. That's what we've been doing. Now, what it feels like we're doing is something that is more planned. Much more. So the ball goes from center back to fullback. That's pretty normal. Center back to fullback. Hey, that, that's how we start passing. From the fullback, we then cut it inside to uh, Kevin, not Kevin Olimon, to Jaime Villarreal. Yes. Villarreal then picks his head up and looks around. Who's open? It could be the simple pass to Skundrick. Skundrick then has two hockey assists against Austin mm-hmm. because of this exact movement. Because then Skundrick picks his head up and says, okay, I know I'm either playing it out wide uh-huh. or I'm playing it into the feet of one of the forwards. Those are his options. Um, Jaime Villarreal can also just play it directly out wide to the wings. If you watch uh, the United States men's national team, it's this long diagonal ball that the central um, holding midfielder will play to to a winger. He can play one of those balls, or he can play it back to the center back, or if the pass is open, which it usually isn't because um, holding midfielders are usually pretty good at... Um, at um, Interesting. Um, sorry, fantasy football. Um, <laughs> holding midfielders are usually pretty good at cutting off those passing lanes. So, but but what this shows is that there's a plan to create a chance. Get the yeah. ball to Jaime Villarreal, and then he has these three or four options as to how we're going to go forward. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. How does that create a chance? Well, because... By the time Jaime Villarreal gets the ball, there's usually one or two players around him. If there's two players around him, somebody else is open. Yeah. So when he plays the ball to Skundrick, Skundrick doesn't wait. He knows, I have time and space. I'm going to pick my head up, I'm going to look, and then I'm going to play the pass that I see. And these these passes aren't simple. They're in the air or they're long quick passes into your feet and they're hard to control so the pace of play seems a bit quicker which lets me think that this is starting to be rehearsed there's starting to be a plan of when Jaime gets the ball and he plays it off to Drew Drew you better play that ball quick yep to either either out wide or into Cameron or into Thomas Jaime if that ball's not on then you can just you can play it out to the wings or drop it back to the center back and we start over yeah and we and we, and we recycle and and it doesn't happen every time that Jaime gets Jaime Villarreal gets the ball, because after about the fifteenth minute, I saw Rio Grande Valley start to really man mark Jaime Villarreal because they picked up on it pretty good, pretty quick. All that does is it opens up more space on the wing because now you take yep. instead Jumps of having the middle having the their center forward try to cut off that passing lane, um, they pulled a midfielder up to mark Jaime Villarreal so then there's more space either you could play that ball right into Skundrick which I which we saw them do or who's in that space Scott what are you talking about who's in that that newly opened space are you talking about Thomas Wilson? yes yeah that's the man up in that new new open space getting the ball to him um as a result oh I'm okay with that well and and I would bet that if we went back and well actually Zach you could pull it up on your computer right now. I would bet that if you went back and watched the highlights, if you watched Sam Werner's goal, that there is a player very close to Jaime Villarreal when Chanson Poulos plays this long mm-hmm. ball mm-hmm. on the ground. So go ahead. You, you know what? I'll cue it Just up. Just for posterity, hey, I'll keep talking. Cue it up at home. Yeah, cue it up at home as well. We'll keep going. Actually, all of the wingers Werner, Aliman, Formella, Bijev, they all actually did pretty well. They all played um, some decent passing. They all had some decent passing sequences. Formella is going to get the goal in the 81st minute, and he looked very emotional after. Like, he did, yeah. We haven't been able to find why he was so emotional. Did his, did his cat die? <laughs> um, something like that. Did he cash out his 401k? I don't know, but... <laughs> I'm making light because we don't know, but yep, I hope it's not, I hope it's not something super serious. Like I hope it's like, oh, my sister gave birth and it's super happy. But um, he looked like he celebrated and then fell to his yep. knees. Like I 
yes this is what i needed just it just looked like a release like just like a like a freeing this kind of relief um was what his body language showed yeah and the last little note that we noticed is the pressing seems to be more organized as well that we we seem to be doing a better job at our counter pressing when we lose the ball when we um especially in the final third when we lose the ball we press very high zach just watched it ah that's interesting interesting it comes off of a turnover so back back to the um that's what it was back to the warner goal it comes off of a turnover i want to say that is scundrich can you can you do full screen yes because i can't see i believe this is scundrich coming off here who intercepts this ball want to say it's scundrich Hmm. it may it very well could be another hockey assist for him yeah it could interesting it looks like Scundrich. But do you see? Oh that, no, that's Hansen Pulos. That's Hansen Pulos. Okay, so it's a it's a, a Hansen Pulos he interception. He steps up to make an interception, um, and a quick through ball. Yeah. That and Evolson just lightly redirects towards Warner and into the net. Could you rewind it one more time? Yes. They did score early, man. <laughs> yeah, and they had another chance was what they, the highlight they were just showing. That's yep. what I mean. So you see, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Anyway, that's cool. So all I was looking at was um, we once we lost the ball, we all – the reason that they that they played it long was because we'd pushed up super far. So it was long on the ground, but we pushed up super far because there was no passing option short. We win the ball. Johnson Pulos plays a pass that Tom Sedevolson flicks. Warner scores. You have yeah. a you have a, a, a little question mark here next to somebody's name. My man Simon Elliott. Hmm. So I thought it was only fair that given the criticism we have expressed on this show, I have expressed on this show, um, that after we have a couple really solid wins, um, a gritty, uh, ugly win in Austin, and then a a win against Rio Grande, where I honestly thought, you know, thought to myself, I'm seeing a lot of really dynamic, rehearsed, proactive play in the final third. With that all being said, with that all being seen, let us talk about our manager here. And quite honestly, I wanted to hear your perspective and maybe your opinions on what you thought of Simon Elliott. It's both in-game management and tactical breakdown um, going into these two games this week. So I'm going to pull this back to the episode we had uh, a week or two ago when we talked about our owner mm-hmm. Kevin Nagel yeah hopping on Reddit and sharing some information that he was going to have a meeting with the managers and staff I think that it was discussed in that meeting that our our lack of creativity isn't because of the players we have it's because that we don't have a, a good enough plan. And I'm going to just go ahead and go out on a limb and say that I think Todd Dunavant said, hey, I think you need to try this. Our general manager to our manager said, hey, this is Todd talking to Simon. Uh, you need to try some actual organized movements off the ball to create chances because yeah. we're a possession team. Possession teams create space and opportunity by manipulating defenses through their their possession and we have the talent and personnel to do that so i think that that is what happened and kevin nagel said we need to win a lot of these remaining nine games we've won three of them yep three in a row actually i think that uh, i don't know for sure but i am fairly confident that this is the first midweek swing we've had where we went three and zero. We're the, three for three. The weekend game, the midweek game, 
in the following weekend for, for sure this season the, i don't know about season, last this season, season. Um, yeah i'm talking this season so pretty sure it's the first time i'm gonna trace the success back to that meeting hmm. and I, I i'm i'm gonna infer that there were some there were there was some real talk that happened and that there 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 was some uh some hard conversation that hard conversation was simon you've done a really good job defensively you you definitely know how to organize a defense Mm-hmm. Your player selection has at times been questionable, and your offensive plan is lacking. If we can get some consistency going forward, obviously that's hard because it's the end of the season, but if we can get some consistency going forward for the rest of these nine games, have a better plan offensively, we can hit that number four spot. And I, and here we are. Kevin Nagel's a businessman. He knows that if we are successful in the playoffs, if we take this small slice of second division soccer media coverage away from Phoenix because we do well in the playoffs. Yeah. That's going to look really good when this MLS announcement hopefully comes in the next couple weeks. Yeah. That'll generate a lot of buzz. So I I think this is a, a dollars and cents thing for our owner. I think it's a I think for everyone else it's just a bit of pride. They know they have a good team, but after a while, you can't just say, well, I know we have a good team. The results just don't show it. Mm-hmm. No, after the end of the season, you know what the results show? The quality of team you had. True. So I think if Sacramento wants to be continued to be spoken in the same breath as Phoenix and Fresno and Re- the top teams in the league, not just in the conference, but in the league, the Red Bull, and, then yeah. you, you have to show it. So in terms of him setting up the game, I think this was close to my preferred lineup. Tainer was out because of a knock. He was on the bench. Mm-hmm. And obviously Awasa was out, not even in the 18. But Enna Voltsen, Aliman, Werner, Skundrick. Formella. Um, Formella coming off the bench. Villarreal. I, I like Mahoney as a center back. I, I think. Same. I agree. I think he hasn't done anything so egregious to make me say, oh, I don't like him. Um, he did have poor marking on the goal that Austin had. Um, mm. But that it happens. And obviously the two fullbacks and the goalie we like. So yeah, I, I think if we can keep this base group of players together, for these last six games, get some momentum. Yeah, and that's everything. Momentum is everything going into playoffs. Oh yeah, like, and you, you, I'm sure you've seen it throughout. It's it's the American sports way because we love an underdog. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's how exactly and and American sports and the playoff system is designed for that. Is designed to highlight those those truths and to highlight um and to to reward uh what's the word i'm looking for reward hard work yes reward, but reward uh perseverance you're in a hot moment reward that you're in a good form you've put together a lot of great wins over and over again there's a word i'm looking for i don't know momentum okay reward momentum so going into playoffs with good momentum is, is really important. Yeah, and, and speaking of momentum, we hope that that momentum carries on to the Oklahoma City game. Quick preview for Oklahoma City. We, we don't want to take a lot of time on them because they, they're similar to Sacramento, 4-2-3-1, 4-4-1-1 type of formation. Yeah. Christian Isley is a name that everyone will know. Played for Sacramento last year, had five goals, uh, a couple of assists last year, I think, for the team. Plays this number 10, kind of Thomas Edivoldson role for Oklahoma City. Um, They're similar to Sacramento in the fact that they've also been streaky. Uh And talking about streaks, we are on a winning streak. They, not so much. They're on a losing streak. They're on a losing streak. They're on a losing streak, but they have shown they've had two two games go um, against them 3-1. They've shown in both of those that they're still very dangerous offensively. 
Yeah, it, it, it's not like they've lost because they couldn't create chances. It's no. that they lost because their defense failed. That's True. where they're opposite from Sacramento, in, in my opinion. If you remember this game earlier in the season, it was a Sunday home game that we played Oklahoma City and beat them 4-1. to one. Cameron Waza had the hat trick. Sam Warner had the deflected goal. Don't expect that same. This is a different Oklahoma team. It's a different Sacramento team. Um, you can expect Deshaun Brown to be lethal if given the chance. Mm-hmm. So Zach and I were talking. If, if Whoever the, the holding midfielder is, we're assuming it's Villarreal, just tell him to cut off any passing lane to Deshaun Brown. Just don't let him get the ball. Have that be your priority. Whoever, whatever center back is on him, Chauncey Poulos, if he has to play Mahoney, Tainer, I hope he's back. Don't let this guy get comfortable. If he gets comfortable, he gets confident, and when he's confident, he scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, another player to watch would be Owen Gordon. Is that how you say it? Owen Gordon, I believe. Owen yes. Gordon. Okay. <laughs> um, if you've ever seen a NFL like wide receiver play soccer, that's what this guy looks like. He's big. He's fast, and he's he'll twitchy. run. He'll run right past you. Yeah, he's got good dribbles too. Yeah, he's got the dangles. He definitely is a speed guy. He's not going to do something so so technically, you know, above what everyone else is. Yeah, that you can't stop him. He he's just faster than you. Yeah, he, he's gonna he's Deshaun Jackson. He's just gonna try and burn you. Yep. And then. Lastly, watch for the long throw-ins. This happened to Sacramento last year. We got embarrassed. It got put on ESPN. Everything. Uh, top 10. Long throws. Just watch for long throws in the box. That's all That's all we're going to say with that. Do you have any other points that I didn't say for Oklahoma City? I wrote. I, I said all the ones that we wrote down. Yep. I really... I. If you shut down Deshaun Brown and you suffocate a Wayne Gordon, what I mean by suffocate is you do not let him... You do not give him space to run. They're going to try and play these switch balls to him so they can that they can free him up and give him space in order to run. If you're able to suffocate him, not give him that space, and you're able to shut down Deshaun Brown, we're in good we're in good shape. Make Gordon defend. Yeah. Put, whatever fullback he side he's on, push that guy up. Make him defend. If he's put pinged back, pinned back because he's defending, hopefully he won't be able to to get the ball and, and counter. Um. Lastly, last little note, uh, Garcia. They're they're. I think he's number seven. I believe he has an injury, and he is very. He he's been the guy that I think has been charged with kind of organizing counterattacks and everything like that. He has been hurt. I don't expect him to be back. So I think that's good news for Sacramento. Bad news for him, but good news for Sacramento. Any other news or note that you want to share with our beloved fan base? Fan base before we get off. Nope, I think I think I'm good. We don't have Nolan here to give us the old. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that is going to be it for us here at the 916 Republic. We'll see you next week. As always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.